0: Hello beautiful darlings and gal pals. Welcome to a new episode of Super Funkin Serious with Sparkle Sid. On today's episode, we are speaking to Adam Wertzell, correspondent on Country Line and Nashville Insider. He is currently living in Nashville, Tennessee as a host, reporter, and MC. Adam's love of game shows while growing up led him down the path of following in the footsteps of some of his favorite game show hosts including Bob Eubanks, who now works live on stage alongside Adam in Hollywood's Greatest Game Shows as an MC himself. In this episode, we discuss everything from our game show videotape collections, favorite game shows, and a whole lot more. This is the perfect episode for those wanting to pursue their passions but are uncertain to follow through with them. If I could spoil one thing for that right now for you, dear listeners, it would be this. Get out there and do it. Enjoy! Hey, darlings and gal pals, welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast. Today, we're talking about growing up game shows. And on my my episode, I have my really awesome guest I'm super excited to talk to, Adam Wurtzel. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you so much, Sid. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for agreeing to uh, be on the show. Um, One of the first things that I thought was really interesting that you started growing up uh, watching game shows at a very young age, probably earlier than I did. Can you recall any memories of your earliest game show that you first watched for the first time ever?
1: You know, there's a there's a home video of me that my parents have of me watching Hollywood Squares with John Davidson, and I was like two years old. And, you know, you can see my dad go, hey, Adam, what are you watching? And I'm just like, Squares. I don't even remember that, um, you know, my parents, well, especially my mom, because my mom stayed at home once I was born. I mean, you know, and I know, you know, back in the 80s, game shows were on TV constantly during the day. You know, CBS had their game show block. NBC had their game show block. So they were just on. And, you know, at a very young age, before I could even talk, I didn't know how to play these games, but I was so fascinated with the lights, the sounds. It was so colorful. It was like, you know, the $25,000 pyramid was like going to a carnival, and all of these lights are blinking, and that was my earliest fascination with it. Um, earliest game show memories is want, you know watching Card Sharks with Bob Eubanks, um, which you know really is full circle because I work with the guy now. And um, you know it was always these. It was always the game shows. Price is Right was never my game show. It was never my game show because I, I think I loved the thirty-minute contained format and and. And yeah, so it was definitely card sharks, twenty five thousand dollars pyramid, and you know the Nickelodeon shows, Double Dare and Finders Keepers. I have like very early memories of Finders Keepers, which had this big house on on a on a soundstage, and they had like a backyard in the house. Yet the backyard was upstairs, and I remember as as a two and a half three year old going, "Well, how did they do that? My backyard's right out there." And it was so it was just that. Those shows that just started my wheels turning.
0: Yeah, that um, I definitely remember. Finders Keepers. I remember watching Larry Tobler and just being how kooky and crazy he was, and he just got into the moment of kids ripping apart that set house. And that yeah, that was a really fun uh, fun experience. I kind of grew up on a, on a more later, a little bit more later era, but I did watch a lot of the game shows on Nickelodeon, like Figure It Out. Um, I was at the tail end of Double Dare, so Family Double Dare was on at the time. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just a great moment to kind of be be stunned by those flashing lights, as you had mentioned. I think maybe just being a young child, you just weren't sure because you'd saw this controlled environment that just intrigued you. And I think that's a really fascinating thing as a child, because you just, you don't know, you're still grasping the world and you're trying to figure out and you, you see this, this moment on a TV set and you're wondering how does that happen? You know,
1: I think that also made me, you know, because I always say, you know, my big bird was Bob Eubanks. You know, I, didn't watch Sesame street. I didn't watch Mr. Rogers neighborhood. I have such a deep appreciation for Mr. Rogers and everything he did. I mean, he is, he was a phenomenal person, but I think because my mom sat me in front of these shows in Hollywood with these big lights and big sounds that then when she put Mr. Rogers neighborhood on, I was like, what the heck is this? This is boring, <laughs> you, you know? And that was kind of my... I always knew, okay, Big Bird's not real. There's a guy in, in the suit, you know? Spoiler alert for your kids watching. Sorry about that. Listening. Let's, yeah, that's
0: um, okay. So you ended up starting to record game shows on videotape. Do you still do that to this day?
1: Um, not on videotape. Um, those, days, those days are bad. Um Yeah, you know, not as much as I it's interesting because my, my brain has kind of two sides. There's the, you know, professional game show person in me. And then there's like what I call the game dork, you know, which is just obsessed with this world. And, you know, when a new game show comes on or a new season comes on and, you know, Oh, you know, Jeopardy and wheel and all these shows that are coming back, what's this going to be like with social distancing? And in my head, I'm like, Oh, I want to preserve that because I'll go back and watch that. 10, 15 years from now, just like I do with my, you know, my tapes now, which I'm now in the process of digitizing everything, Yeah, which is, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, you have to do it in real time. <clears throat> and I have a wire that goes from, you know, my VCR into my MacBook, And it's a very simple program. You don't have to go and take it into editing or anything like that. It's just, you know, you record a half hour and boom, it's there because it's important to digitize this stuff um, because I mean, frankly, People, I remember my dad telling me 15 years ago, "Oh, your tapes are not going to last." And the fact that they've lasted this long is is really really says a lot about the format of VHS. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't record every episode of every game <laughs> show. If that's if that's <laughs> what you're asking, that would be an impossible feat. But you know, there's definitely some cer- certain stuff. You know, when buzzer runs a marathon, and um, and I have a buddy of mine, Greg, who records a lot. Uh, of stuff from buzzer and he'll just throw it up on a google drive for me um you know so it's not as much me recording stuff as you know hey he'll help me and i'll help him and all that sort of stuff fans game show fans help each other out but um but yeah but back in the day i I mean i i think i pretty much owned the entire nickelodeon gas network on vhs (laughs) you know just from all the
0: that's amazing yeah I, I didn't collect as much as i did i had a total of about 10 tapes and they were very unorganized i went through them recently and it was just it, it was an atro- atrocity to get through but once i did i have them all now and i can just watch them anytime and i'm just like wow it just reminds you of those days that i started watching game show network and um all those classic game shows and the and the originals yeah. that started to come out and
1: have you digitized them
0: i have i only digitized ones that i thought would be of more value to me like like ones that mean more to me like um, I originally thought about putting the more rare, rarer ones on YouTube, but I, um, a lot of people have already done those episodes. So they're more just me, for me to enjoy because right now, Game Shows is more of a nostalgic thing. I've kind of lost that kind of, kind of moment, but Game Shows has, has, has always been an essence of me. It's become a, a part of my character, you know, Charles Nelson Riley kind of vibes here, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's been, um, it, it's still there in my life, but just not as, as extreme. Um, which fascinates because you, you ended up becoming a host. Um, So how did that become a a thing when you auditioned for uh, GSN Live? And how did your career kickstart to the point to where you ended up working with one of your legends?
1: I never wanted to be anything else but a a host. And in college, I I did some acting. Acting was never my thing. It was like, well, I have to have a minor. So I might as well do this. I always wanted to be myself in front of the camera. And I, I love that. And I I love that about those hosts that we grew up with, like Bob Eubanks and Chuck Woolery, despite what people say about Chuck Woolery's, you know, being a little wacky on Twitter sometimes. I mean, he's a phenomenal host and Dick Clark and Jim Perry and all of these people, they were just themselves. And I went, wow, that's easy. Like that just to be me that's easy. And then other people say, well, that's impossible. How do you do that? And I'm like, I'm not even working. You know what I mean? It doesn't even feel like a job. It just feels fun. And just to get to talk to people and, you know, it's just about, and it's not about me, it's about them making these random people from, you know, Oklahoma, the star of the show. How cool is that? That these people, this unique group of people get to do that. Um, and, and people make fun of game show hosts a lot. Like, you know, they they have this impression, you know, that classic, you know, hello everybody. And I I don't really think most of them are like that. I think that's just this thing that has developed over the years. So, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a host, but I was also realistic where I knew, okay, people don't just audition to be a game show host anymore. It's not how it works. So what else can I do that I'm interested in? And, and that's kind of how I, built a career as a producer, as well as a host and got to work on some of, you know, the the best reality shows and game shows while, you know, building that, that whole resume up. <clears throat> um, GSN Live was a lucky break. GSN Live was a situation where they were doing um, kind of like an American Idol style competition, but for game show hosts. And they traveled the country looking for you know, hosts. And I went, I remember I went to Philadelphia and I'll tell you a great, great story. I was, I was dating this girl, um, who will go nameless. Uh, but we were dating for a long time. And I always felt like, I always felt like she was never, um, she was never really, really happy. My, my career just didn't, didn't come first. And it, and look, love comes first. Relationships always come first. Family always comes first, but, you know, you got to understand what the other person is doing. And I vividly remember getting, you know, seeing about this opportunity to go to Philadelphia to audition, to be on GSN Live as a host to be flown out to LA. And she said to me, and I vividly remember this, she said, well, that's the day that I go to the mall with my mom. It's on Sunday. And there's going to be so many people there. It's not like you're really going to win. And it's, as soon as she said that, I was like, Oh yeah, this relationship's ending very soon. Yeah, that's <laughs> a
0: very positive relationship. <laughs> yeah.
1: So then my mom, my mom said, Well, I'll go with you. And I went, and then Alfonso Ribeiro, who, who was hosting Catch 21 at the time and still currently is, um, voted me. Him and Gary Green, who was a game show network producer, you know, picked me out of all these people to be the winner and flew out to LA and hosted GSN Live. And of course, thought in my head oh this is it this is the break um, which you know GSN live quickly went away after that but it it did kind of help me you know advance my career and then right after that became this like backstage host correspondent for CBS News um, got to go out and do some stuff in LA at prices right and let's make a deal um, so you know again game shows have always kind of followed me but there's a lesson you know that I just remember, you know, from that, you know, even more than just live out your dream and everything. It was like, Okay, if your other half is not supporting you, drop them like it's hot. (laughs) Mm,
0: Yeah, that's, that's some good. That's some good advice for sure. Someone's not supporting you for sure. Definitely. See, see for yourself first, and you know, sort your things out first and on your own. And
1: then (laughs) I'm happily married now and have no bitter feelings.
0: There you go. You don't <laughs> you don't have to worry about that anymore. They're they're stuck with you for life, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, uh, your hosting uh, abilities. Do you do you draw your style from any specific um, hosts that you admire?
1: Oh, good question. You know, it's funny because I really don't even think about this a lot. Um, you know, I, I think everybody everybody admires somebody, right? And and I think that my hosting style is probably a combination of me because you got to be you bob eubanks and mark summers i think if you put that all together you know bob eubanks has this awesome way of being super nice to people but then totally not making fun of them but laughing with them and you know i i love that ability to kind of look at somebody hey how are you nice to see you where are you from and you know good luck to you i want you to win oh you know, and then go you know i i i can't even put oh yeah this lady on when we did, we did a hollywood's greatest game shows date and she like was just wearing all of these pins like all of these pins like they were just random pins and i remembered as a kid you know, the, the, the Friday's servers used to always have these vests with pins on them. Oh and I just gosh, said, I know. <laughs> and I just said, you don't work at Fridays, do you? And she goes, Oh, well, I used to. And it was just oh. this like hilarious <laughs> moment. Um, and it was like, it's like like that, where you can kind of, you can kind of get away. Cause you're like the MC with just not, not making fun of somebody because that's rude and that's wrong, but laughing with them. And when you find that fine line, Bob finds that fine line, and then Mark Summers is just, you know, he's just a great host, and he's just a guy that can kind of host. He can host the phone book, um, and you can see that because he does. He can he can do a show like Double there and then he can do a show like Unwrap, and he's also super opinionated, which I kind of respect a little bit. He's not um, he's not fake, and I feel like a lot of a lot of talent you know, you you can, you can find a lot of fake talent out there, not unfriendly, just, just, just fake. Um, and I've always tried to be very, very real with people. And, you know, obviously if I have a microphone in my hand and I'm talking to an audience, my voice is going to be probably up a few decibels, but I don't put on a fake voice, you know, me talking to you, good luck. Welcome to the show. Pick a category. Let's go. Same, same voice, same way I talk to my wife, same way I talk to you know, the person at Subway, I'll take extra
0: pickles. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel your upbringing, uh, game shows aside, if that your upbringing has affected how you interact with those people in that way?
1: I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm a nice guy. If that, you know, my parents raised me well. And, you know, I've always thought that in life, and on TV, or on stage, or anything you ever do it's important to connect with kids and grandparents if you can take both ends of the spectrum and connect with both of those types of people then the people in the middle are easy and it's kind of how i've always been you know at the you know at summertime at the at the pool going to the pool with my parents and you know start talking to the, the older elderly lady that's sitting in a lounge chair next to me just because she's there. And that's, I think I've taken a lot of that and how I was raised and brought that to what I do.
0: And the fact that you followed your bliss, essentially you, and you got to where you are, it's kind of a fun little aha, full circle moment, as you mentioned.
1: Oh, You say that, you know, it's interesting because I, I always, I'm not a, I'm not always a glass half full person i'm always like okay this is where i'm at how do i get to the next level and you know that's kind of always been been me um you know so i think that you know when you say things when we say things like you know hey i've i'm living my dream i am totally living my dream i love love what i do but it's never it's it's always how you get to the next how you get to the next level. And Bob is a great example of that. How, you know, Bob knows he's not going to host game shows on TV anymore because he's in his eighties and he's not Steve Harvey or, or Michael Strahan or someone like that. So he goes, okay, well, how can I take my career to the next level? I can do this and I can do all my game shows and I can do it live in front of an audience in a casino or a theater. So I think it's always about figuring out how you get, even at that age, how you get to that, that next level.
0: Uh, now, do you see any? Um, as far as where you are, have you used any sort of creative um, idea that has gotten you to where you have been? Um, have you used or how? Or your hosting ability is it um, is it based on some sort of creative practice? So do we for those who are creative.
1: Um, I mean, I was I was five years old walking through you know going from my living room to my den, holding a you know holding, my, holding you know, some, some prop, you know, and, and pretending, you know, higher than a five. Yes, it's a six. But, you know, so I, that, was, you know, as far as creative stuff goes, I, I was always in my own head always, you know, there's always, you know, those wheels have always been turning. Um, you know, I see something and I think of a game show idea. Um, I've, I've been lucky enough to have successfully developed a game show that ended up airing on Fox. Um, So, you know, all these different sides, I've always thought it was very important and it's in anything I do because I do, you know, more than the game show stuff. I'm, you know, have a whole whole country music side of my career too. I've always thought it was important to know a little bit about what everybody on a production is doing. And if you do that, you earn respect. Um, You're not trying to be them. I'm not trying to be a director, but I know what a director is doing. Um, And, you know, Creatively, I think that's helped me, uh, you know, through the years in, you know, knowing how to work with, you know, like for Hollywood's greatest game shows, you know, we have a, a producer who happens to be Bob's son, who is, um, you know, who's running all the the video screens and everything like that, and I know how long it's going to take him to flip a card over on a screen, and I know how long it's going to take him or to activate the wheel once somebody hits the buzzer. Um, And knowing all that helps you become a better host because you're not, you're not jumping over him. He's not jumping over you.
0: That's such great advice for sure. You have to know the logistics of what's going on. You have to be accepting of that. And if you need to draw that dramatic effect while a card is turning over, you have to know like how long it's going to take. You're going to worry about that banter.
1: Right. It's just a difference of when you do a, a show and it's, well, this light's too bright. Can we lower it versus... You know, hey, what, what is it like showcasing? <laughs> you know, there's a way to do everything.
0: Right, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit more calmer, politer way to kind of address those needs. I just want to take a quick moment to mention that if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Search for Sparkle Sid in the iTunes store and tell us what you think. Thanks, darlings. Now going into uh, from March earlier this year um, when COVID happened, a lot of game show productions were shut down, and um, and a lot of hosts were affected. And as a result, you started your own show. Can you talk a little bit more about Host at Home? Yeah, you know,
1: like you said, extra COVID time, man. I mean, it's I, I never. First off, I want to make sure everybody knows this is not a COVID show. This is this is a this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I did realize yes. You know, there's a pandemic, it's easier access to get people, you know, their home. But I have full intentions on doing this in person. You know, doing hosts at home, you know, going one of my buddies is a guy named Jeff Sutfin who hosted Brain Surge and the second incarnation of figure it out. And he's got this incredible garage with all these props. And I'm saving his episode for when I can go and do it in person. And so So this will not always be me talking to you via Zoom or via Squadcast or via FaceTime. Um, It's interesting because multiple people with the game show knowledge that I have and with the connections that I have to the business have said to me, oh, you know, you should write a book. And I literally have in the notes of my phone this, you know, introduction to the book and 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 why I'm writing it and it's you know it was originally going to be new interviews with legendary hosts and kind of me helping them tell their their story via a book but the realistic thing is that I don't like reading books I just don't like reading books so I was like if I'm so passionate about stuff why in the world is this taking me so long to just get this stuff on paper why am I procrastinating so much that's not like me and i realized i don't want to write a book i don't don't want to do it it's not my thing so as soon as that happened i said well what do i like to do i like talking to people and i like interviewing them and i get to do it for a living on nashville insider so if if i do this know, for a world like country music which yes i'm passionate about but it's no game shows it's not it's not i didn't eat sleep and breathe that then I could make this thing really good if i interview these people who really haven't been interviewed in a long form way in a long time and that's kind of how host at home started and i i told bob about the idea i called bob and i said hey what do you think of this and he instantly said yes you got to do it you absolutely have to do it um uh you know it's it's a it's a great idea um and i can get you this person this person this person this person and he just started like giving me all these phone numbers like here's chuck's number call chuck here's here's wink martindale call wink by the way we did an interview with wink martindale that was not usable so that we're gonna have to his internet was terrible um so because in the original promotion for i had told a couple people oh wink martindale is going to be on and a couple people had said hey where's wink his internet was terrible nice Canada. um so yeah so we did the advice that i had gotten was hey don't don't do this thing where you do it every single week let you know do six and then let those marinate on youtube let people watch them. Let people want more. So we did the initial six, and then we did this reunion of "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego," which has gotten easily way more views than anything we've done um, because it is one of the. Well,
0: it's huge. It's, it's amazing. It's a. It's been a popular show. I watched it, and I, it was. I was. I was loving every second of it, just because it was a show i also grew up as well and i just remember watching it with my sister yeah um and and we were able to actually watch it because it was educational and we actually learned something and you learned geography as we did right. and i was like and and the fact that you learned about uh, a cappella music by having a on the show right. so the fact that they were all on together and able to talk about their experience was very fascinating for me
1: and a you know it, that a that formation of a you know Sean from the group left in 1997. So, and they'd all kind of seen each other, but those six people, and of course, Lynn Thigpen passed away unfortunately. But those that group of people had not been together since the show went off. So that was so that was really cool. And you know, it's amazing if you watch it, and if you haven't seen it, whether you whether you were like a diehard Carmen San Diego fan or not, I recommend you watch it because you can see how in the beginning, everybody's just a little bit, not stiff, but just kind of very cool, calm and collected. And then within like five minutes, people are just bantering. And it really is cool how you watch people just get right back on the bike.
0: How about uh, interviewing Vena Wyatt? She was very, um, she, she seemed a very, very generous with her information. Has she Is she not used to a lot of interviews in that way where she got to talk about her, her life and how she how she works, I guess, on
1: Saturday. You know, I don't know, it's interesting, because uh, Lifetime did an intimate portrait with Vanna, I think in like the late 90s, early 2000s. And that was the last time I really saw like a really in-depth interview with her. You know, she does local media all the time and does national media promoting Wheel of Fortune. Um, you know, Wheel travels to different cities. They do, you know, their San Francisco week where Pat and Vanna go film bits in San Francisco for, you know, the bumpers in and out of the show. but. I think maybe this was the first time in a while she had done, you know, a longer form interview and, you know, cause it was fun to watch her talk about, you know, her signature dishes and Hey, maybe she will write another book and, and things like that. She was fantastic. And, and how that interview happened, I'll give a shout out, you know, I did on the show, but my friend, Adam, um, Adam Siegel, who is also a big fan of game shows, he, and he's actually been posting. He's been digitizing his Wheel of Fortune episodes, some of them, and he's been posting them, and people have been happy. But um, he is a is a hairstylist in New York City, and works at a big time salon. And he's done Vanna's hair, uh, among other among other people that you'll you know, you know, Hillary Clinton and uh, a few other people. And um, he, you know, he said to me, he's like, I could probably get you Vanna. And I had said, well, it's season one, you know, I'm not sure. And uh, he happened to text her for something else and said, hey, by the way, my friend is doing this show. Um, you know, he's interviewed Bob Eubanks, Chuck Woolery, uh, Melissa Peterman, a few others, you know, that had not gone gone up yet. And she, I kind of said, you know, I know he'd love to interview you if you have like 15, 20 minutes. And she's like, I'm just sitting at home, how's tomorrow? Because <laughs> people are home. Oh, okay. <laughs> <And>, um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. How easy is that? (laughs) I kind of notice it. Since you're a fan of game shows, is it really, is it hard to keep your composure if you're a big fan of that person? Do you ever have to uh, find some way to just kind of mentally prepare for those interviews?
1: It's interesting because the host, I think because I have so much, I'm obviously very excited to interview these people. Um, I think it is easier for me to hold my composure because I've been doing interviews for so long. And I can kind of take, it's like there's two different people. I, You know, there's the, like I said, the game show fan, just the the fanboy that just, oh my gosh, this is Vanna White. This is the most famous female game show hostess of all time. And then there's the interviewer in me who's just like, I gotta have a great interview. And this is what's gonna happen. Um, so yes and no. Definitely there is not there's never nerves, but there's definitely some butterflies, you know, sitting on the with the camera with your light on and waiting for Vanna White to pop up on Zoom, you know, waiting to see the name. You know, there's definitely some of that. Um, but yeah, it it's just to me, it's just it's just exciting. It's just exciting to be able to finally get to talk to these people that I've always wanted to interview in some way, shape or form. And I've, and i found ways to interview, like Bob Eubanks has been on Nashville Insider cause he has a whole country, you know, he managed Merle Haggard and Dolly Parton and all these different people. Uh, Meredith Vieira has been on Nashville Insider. Um, but it always has to have some kind of country component. Now I can literally take the game show lover in me and combine it with the interviewer in me for the first time. And that's why it's so special.
0: Mm, That's amazing. Any uh, exciting episodes coming up that you can divulge as far as um, interviews you have lined up?
1: So um, we have, have out of the six for season two, two of them are already in the can, the first two. Um, And I will tell you first here that our season premiere will be Matt Eisman from American Ninja Warrior. Oh, fine. huge, huge deal. And he's got such an interesting yeah. story because he is a, was a doctor. He's literally a doctor. Not a, He doesn't practice anymore, but he went from being a doctor to a stand-up comedian to hosting the biggest sports entertainment game show obstacle course in the entire world. So he's got a really good story. We play a really fun game with him because he is such a great color commentator. We play a game with him uh, on some of the shows you've seen. We, we do a lightning round, towards the end. We, we do something similar here, but we basically name different game shows and have him commentate them as if it was American Ninja Warrior. So he goes and commentates Wheel of Fortune and Supermarket Sweep as if it was American Ninja Warrior. really fun. Oh um, my gosh.
0: That sounds like so, so much fun. I'm Now, now I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're trying, you know,
1: American Ninja Warrior announced that they are, you know, they filmed a, a new season, you know, kind of post or during pandemic, you know, with social distance guidelines. So um, I'm waiting to kind of see when that's going to premiere to determine when the host at home season is going to premiere. I'm hoping sometime in September. Um, I also have uh, a new game show project that, um, that I'm working on. I'm working on, um, which is, I've never, I've not said this yet publicly, but I am, um, I'm working on season two of the game show, 25 words or less, um, where I'm going to be their celebrity producer, um as well as doing some uh, interviews with the celebrities and with Meredith and some stuff for their YouTube channel and for socials. So doing that all virtually from here in Nashville. Um, So it's also going to depend on my schedule a little bit because um, you know, getting those edited, I edit them. I mean, it's really, I'm a one man band. So getting that stuff ready to be pushed out and pushed out in a really good way. I always want to make sure in my head at first, of course, it's, oh, well, these are raw, I could put it up as is and people would love it. But then the editor, you know, making sure the the full screen graphic is behind the picture and making it look, you know, so that's just the the critiquer in me. I
0: can I can only imagine the moving parts with having to use Zoom and with multiple people, especially for that reunion was probably a lot that would give a little that would kind of cause a little anxiety in the Virgo in me. (laughs)
1: So just a to, just to behind the scenes of that, uh, everybody was on a computer except for Sean on the Carmen the Carmen Reunion, and Sean was on his phone, and the phone just happened to look better than the computer. But what the phone does is when it zooms in on him, it puts bars on the sides. So the perfectionist in me said, I don't want to those bars if everybody else, so every single time Sean, Sean popped up full screen, I had to then go and put a motion effect on it and zoom it in and do all this. Stu- it took forever, <laughs> but
0: oh, wow! And,
1: but again, perfectionist within me. That that one took forever to edit, but it was so worth it. Oh my gosh. It was so worth it.
0: Yeah, so worth it. Have you gotten a lot of uh, feedback and response about the the show so far uh, from fans, from other hosts that perhaps want to be interviewed?
1: You know, it, it's it's interesting because the feedback from game show fans in general. I was a little surprised because the feedback was less of i'm not I'm not the person. I don't need compliments. That's I, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because these are people that I've always wanted to interview. and I think these are people that have great stories to tell. Um, and you know, I think that the initial feedback or most of the feedback I've gotten so far, if you look on uh, some of those game show Facebook pages, are, I have a question for this person. Here it is. You know, and I think, you know, and then you kind of have to say, well, hey, I did that interview like a month ago, so I can't really can't really go back and ask that question. Um, And I know and then you kind of think in your head, "Okay, well, that person is so similar to me where they're just so excited about this person that they just come up with with questions. And a lot of them are very obscure questions that, you know, Bob, like like I'll give Bob for an example, because I know him." Bob has vivid memories of every single game show he ever hosted. And he is, I mean, he's like that lightning quick. But when you ask Bob about, you know, if someone posts on a on a Facebook page or a forum, you know, please ask Bob about when he hosted the pilot of Gambit in 1990 and what that was like. Bob has no memory of that. Because you got to remember, for for him, that was one day of work. That was him going in. To a studio and hosting a show for one day. Doesn't sell, never thinks about it again. It's his job. So, you know, that's kind of a thing of, you know, somebody had said to me, um, so so there's a show called the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour that airs on Buzzer. It's super rare. Bob is on the week of shows that is currently airing. And I was talking to Bob the other night and I said, Hey Bob, did you you did match game Hollywood Squares Hour? I never knew you did match game. And he goes, I did? And I said, oh. I'm like, yeah, 1984. And he's like, he goes, well, that's not something I did regularly. I probably came in and then he and then he did the math in his head because he's still so like that. And he goes, oh, 1984, I was there to promote Dreamhouse. And he knew right away why he was there. He's like, but that was for me, that was one day of work. <laughs> you know, I went in, I did did That's
0: so wild, especially if you've hosted many game shows to, uh to kind of remember those specific moments that, that were that were classic uh, moments, but the, it, it kind of blows my mind that he also kind of almost forgets about the the Whoopi incident, which you talk about more on on that episode of Host at Home. So um, I won't divulge too much into that, but it's it's really interesting how iconic moments to other people are completely gone for him, but he remember other stuff that are more important that are that are more meaningful for him.
1: The exact story about Whoopi is this. And look, Bob hates that. Bob hates it where we'll be in a casino. We'll be in a casino doing the show. And this is why he hates that moment. And literally we'll try to just forget about it because how would you feel if no somebody didn't go, Hey, Bob Eubanks, somebody looks, goes, Hey, in the butt, Bob. Oh yeah. 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 People don't think. And what he says when he, when he says now, he he likes to forget about it, but the actual, his actual explanation, and he does explain this on stage a lot, is that that never happened. And it didn't happen. Nobody had ever said in the butt, Bob, nobody ever said it like that. He asked that question and she said in the, you know what <laughs> he said in the, yeah, yeah we know what she, he, so, you know, so he basically said, an urban myth, it's a legend. Nobody ever said in the butt, Bob, ever, and he's right, nobody ever said that.
0: Yeah, technically speaking, so, for sure.
1: <laughs> his anger when that comes up becomes, and he's not, he's always fun about it. Like, if somebody says that, he goes, Oh, god. Nice to see you. Like he's not, he's never mean.
0: That's something I would never ask him just because I know he's addressed it many times. And it's also on record on um, one of those old NBC game show moments clips. So it's, it's long been settled and we all have, we have, we can watch the clip. We can make our decisions of what actually happened and leave it as an urban legend that it once was. (laughs) Right so with your uh, busy schedule do you have any time for game shows currently and are you watching any that are your favorites right now uh well big
1: brother because i always like no we're talking that's more reality but i love big brother uh i've not don't know spoilers if you watch it i've not seen the last episode but um i've got a a, a really really dear friend who's a, a major contestant producer out in la and and he works on it's like i feel like he works on every game show um, so I'm watching you know two of his that are on the air right now, and one is called Ultimate Tag on Fox and the other one is called Don't on ABC. Pretty sure both are gonna get renewed for a second season. Um, and it's interesting because our conversations are, you know, between me and him, it's amazing that, you know, had this not been a pandemic, maybe those shows would not have done as well as they as they did. but because people are all at home, they're excited to watch something with a family coming together like don't. Um, so watch those. Uh, I watched the reboots a little bit. I watched, I, press your luck is great. You know, at first, I think when, when they announced Elizabeth Banks, people were kind of like, the, yeah. wait from hunger games for what? <laughs> and, and I think that she does a great job. You can tell she cares about the contestants. Um, and you know, besides that, you know, stuff that's that airs on buzzer, obviously stuff that I digitize because it, you have to watch it in real time. Um, you know, but I don't want. I'm watch watching it. I'm, you know, pressing record and going and making some food or a drink, coming back and you know, then it's done. But uh, but yeah, so there are definitely some new. I mean, we still live in the in the age of of great game shows, and I love British game shows. Um, you know, you can kind of find those on YouTube, and you know, there's a Reddit a great Reddit page called UK TV Land that posts a lot of them. Um, so, uh, watch a lot of those. Got to see Saturday Night Takeaway in person when I was in London in March, which is like their huge variety game show hosted by Ant and Dec. Ant and Deck are like my idols, by the way. They're like the best host in the entire world. Um,
0: so yeah. Fun. Do you, did you, do you watch their, uh, game show marathon? I don't know if they still air it. They, they still air it now, but did you ever watch episodes of Ant and Dec's game show I marathon? Did. I
1: did. So They rebooted that. Like They rebooted that. Um, and it, but it's called Epic Game Show now. And it's hosted by Alan Carr. Alan Carr, who's like a hilarious comedian and a host. Um, and they did uh, Bullseye, Play Your Cards Right, Strike It Lucky, uh, uh, The Price is Right, um, uh, Take Your Pick. So it, they did it, but they called it something different. Um, Alan Carr's Epic Game Show.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look that up. I haven't watched that yet. But yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. For sure. On that note, are you ready for some trivia, Adam?
1: No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I am.
0: <laughs> I always like to do a thing called quiz the guests, but try to stump them as well. But also, like, make it okay for them to fail. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. But
1: <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! Okay, and I'm <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not. I, it's not. These aren't that difficult, but they're like fairly obscure, but not super deep cut. So we'll see how they go. Um, do you have an option? We got match game. A or B? <laughs> okay, let's go. Um let's go, let's go B. Go B. Okay. So you had mentioned Card Sharks, um, the one with Bobby Banks. Going back to the original card sharks, we we're talking about the theme to the show, to the show. Remember the theme? Can you kind of think about the clapping in there? Uh can you name the other game show that it also was a theme for? Double dare. Yeah, and who hosted that?
1: With Alex Trebek.
0: You got it. Can you also name um, who composed the theme song? Ed Kalhoff? Yeah. Do you know the company he worked for? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Kalhoff
1: Productions? No, I don't know.
0: He worked a lot with Score Productions. Um, He did a lot of other show show music like Prices for the Price is Right, um Oh my goodness, he used so much. He was also in a, a beer commercial in the early '70s, showing off the Moog synthesizer, which I thought was kind of fun.
1: Well, it's interesting because Ed also did Double Dare in the '80s, which had nothing to do with Double yeah. Dare of the '70s. Right? <laughs> yeah, he
0: just he just happened to be there um, and and do all all that production. And he he has a lot of game show themes under his belt. You wouldn't even know until you actually did. Um but yeah, it's been really yeah, it's it's a really interesting little tidbit there. You did fairly well. Do you want to try A just for fun? See if we, since we have a little extra time.
1: Let's try A. Let's
0: try A? Let's do it. Okay. Let's go A for Okay. This is about pilot episodes. I'm going back to the uh, Press Your Luck pilot, um, and I'm looking at the, the contestants. There's two contestants that were pilot regulars. Are you able, to, one, are you able to name them? And two, are you able to name other game shows that they were, other game show pilots slash game shows that they were also on.
1: Okay, so I, I, I'm i seeing this woman and I'm pretty sure her name was Norma. Was it Norma?
0: No, quite, uh, she was kooky though. I remember she was always that way. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't remember her name.
1: I know she was on the pilot of Second Chance, mm-hmm. which became Press Your Luck. Yes. Um. And the other one I, th- I think is a guy, <laughs> but that one, that's never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Right. God, what was her name? <laughs> I know, I mean, I knew, I know what she looked like. I know she yeah. was like super bubbly and I know she, I just, I know she was on second chance
0: yeah. in the seventies. Yeah.
1: And then she was on the Press Your Luck pilot. Yeah.
0: Um, her name was Maggie Brown. Maggie Brown, it's, it's, not the, it's a very fairly, yeah, it's a fairly common name. It's hard to remember if a lot of people have that name, but, yeah. um, yeah, she was also on the second chance pilot as he had mentioned. Um, and she was also on an episode of another Peter Tamarckian hosted show of Wipeout. So we'll find yes. it there. I like Wipeout. Yeah. Wipeout was a great show. Um, the other gentleman you had mentioned was Jack Campion, um, who was also on the second chance pilot as well.
1: Was he, on- was he
0: on... He might have been. I know he was on something later with Chuck Ruler. That might be the one. Might have been um, the other one that I can recall is uh, the, the pilots for Jeopardy for the re- mm. revival. That's the current iteration. Yeah. yeah. Fun little tidbit there. <laughs> that was fun. How do you think you did? What, what would you give yourself on a percentage of how you think you did on this trivia in total?
1: Above average. I mean, that's, that's obscure, man. <laughs> That pilot, yeah, uh, I was not expecting that. I thought it was going to be like, um, you know, Jim McCrell hosted what pilot, uh, you know, was played like this or something like that. I did I was, that was, oh, Jim McCrell. He's another one that's going to be on the second season of the show.
0: Oh, he did. Um, no,
1: you know, His story is interesting because he obviously did um, some big game shows like Celebrity Sweepstakes and Quiz Kids in the seventies, but he's so much more known for hosting Grab That Dough on the Golden Girls. So that, he's got a, an interesting story.
0: Wow, that'll be an interesting episode for sure. I'm really yeah. excited for that. So where can people find you on social media uh, and um, anything like that that you want to plug?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Instagram is my big thing. At Adam Wurtzel, W-U-R-T-Z-E-L. Please follow me. Uh, I respond to uh, every message. Every message I respond to. I respond to every single comment on the host at home. YouTube channel so please uh if you please subscribe to that um you know we really appreciate it um and uh, i think i think you'll enjoy you'll enjoy those episodes and you know i've got a Adam Wurtzel fan page on on Facebook you could you know again you you i respond to everything um i really believe that interaction is important um i'm not on TikTok i'm not I'm not on TikTok but uh but me neither <laughs> you know i mean once, once I enter my 30s, I, I, I kind of figured Instagram is kind of my, my thing. <laughs> but, but yeah, and, um, you know, please keep watching game shows because it's a great genre. It makes people happy. And that's all I'm trying to do. All I'm trying to do, and that's the best comment I got on the Carmen San Diego reunion is, wow, you, you made me so happy It's during such a, such a dark, dark, different time in the world. And if I can do that, then that made my day.
0: That's a beautiful statement. And that's that's exactly why we all love game shows. And we all come together to enjoy this media that seems very tacky, but it's actually meaningful to a lot of people. So with that, I want to thank you so much for being on this episode. You are a national treasure to Nashville, to the world over. And you're very generous. And I really appreciate your time today. Thank you again, Adam. It's great chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. For more information about today's guest or the media we mentioned in today's episode, please see the show notes in your local podcasting app or visit vicariousmedia.com slash podcast. This is Sparkle Sid signing off for another episode of Super Funkin' Serious. We hope to see you next Thursday for another fantastic episode of Cheeky Chat. Also, don't forget to be your funkin' best and I'll see you next time. Goodbye, beautiful darlings and gal pals. Mwah!